Hello and welcome back to Over the Top Football. John, how are you doing today? Robert, all good. Weekend without football was very, very disappointing, but uh, we'll be back soon enough. Hopefully, we nearly had an, an Egypt defeat in the African Cup of Nations, which all Liverpool fans were secretly hoping for, but it didn't go through. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting the Premier League back in full flow, even though there was a, a very, very good game at the weekend. Yeah, no, I think um, it was an interesting Premier League, obviously, being kind of only half of the games. And do you know what? AFCON is actually brilliant. I know it's um, kind of looked down on a little bit because of the Premier League. But if you watch some of those games, the drama, the kind of like diversity of it all as well, I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, But yeah, I, I completely understand if you are gunning for the Premier League title, not wanting your best player out um, out of the running. But yes. Um, I guess it leads us into a nice place where we are for today's main episode, really. Got all 20 teams to go, so we'll try and fire through them. But we have taken all of the teams and we've said if they need to buy someone, loan someone or sell someone. The loan obviously can be in or out. And it's based on effectively one of the main pieces of business that they need to do. John, how do you normally find doing deals in January? It's always a bit tricky. So, I mean, you can sometimes overpay. You could sometimes get players who are past their best. Majority of the time, you're not going to get someone who's playing week in, week out for their club, which means that you sometimes have to get them up to speed. Um, But really, you want players like Luis Suarez, like Daniel Sturridge for Liverpool, like Coutinho, who can, you know, really set the ground running, um, get going very, very quickly. You don't want a Fernando Morientes who didn't really start off well and didn't really get into the swing of things so it can be a bit inconsistent um we've all forgotten about the whole Stephen Colker loan to Liverpool as well don't want to talk about that one so it, it brings transfers that just wouldn't happen in the summer because there's way more time to prepare January throws up stranger transfers a bit more creative transfers with loan signings that we wouldn't see in the summer because clubs need to react and that's what we're trying to anticipate with some of the picks that we're going to we're going to talk through definitely yeah the Stephen Colker one's hilarious I think January is really sometimes where you see teams absolutely squirm um certainly Man United can be guilty of it obviously um Veghorst came in for them last year so um yeah a little a little bit of uh squirming isn't isn't past anybody um but yeah it does kind of feel with so much money i think it was record kind of spends in the summer this year um that a lot of teams don't maybe have that much to do this year i think obviously it kind of goes with um all three of the promoted teams being in the relegation zone as well at the moment yeah 100 percent. and for those clubs it's probably a bit more different for the january transfer window because the three of them probably should be thinking about signing for championship football next season, unless Everton get hit with yet another 10-point deduction. Yeah, well, that does change things and probably a good good thing for us to talk about to start with. Um, what's your take on that? Obviously, 
there's grumblings that things haven't been sorted with Man City, but um, whenever it's Everton, the Premier League seems to strike pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, you can understand that it's Everton and Forest, and um, it makes sense by just the sheer amount of players that Forest signed during that period. Um, reading into it a bit further, there probably seems to be a bit more scope for appeal for Everton's for Everton's sanction, and that there seems to be possibly a case of double jeopardy in terms of being fined or being found guilty of some of the same stuff. But it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. It would be crazy to think that they might get hit with another 10-point deduction. I'm sure it'll be appealed heavily this time around as well. But yeah, it would be it would be difficult for them to take at the same time with the league the way it is this season. I could see them still leaving themselves the opportunity to get out of that position as well. Yeah, um, fair play to them. They've done pretty well. Uh, and it definitely would be fantastic banter to see them go down by a point after uh, getting docked 20 points this year. But it is what it is. I think it's. Um, I think that's one thing that definitely influenced my list for this episode, actually, is the fact that FFP is starting to cut its teeth. And I don't think... I think there's a few teams who probably don't have nearly the money they thought they possibly could have had um, to spend going into this window. Yep, 100%. Completely agree. Even if you look at the likes of the stories coming out today about David Raya um, and the whole having to restructure that deal last minute for his deal to Arsenal because of financial fair play requirements. So it, it will impact a lot of clubs. You're thinking Newcastle, possibly possibly Chelsea, even though that doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Um, even Man City, some of them are going to be impacted by financial fair play requirements. And I've certainly taken that into account with some of my selections. Some of them I've just thrown a name out, wait and see what happens. But you do have to definitely take it into account for the likes of Newcastle. Nice. Yeah, I do. I do wonder with some of that front loading, like how how long can the front loading stop? Like, are Chelsea just not going to be able to sign a player between twenty twenty five and twenty twenty eight? Because yeah, there seems to be kind of endless of that going on, amortization of players and selling academy players and things like that, just to show profit at different times. But we digress. Shall we take this? Because I think it's more interesting going into the title challenge just because there's more teams in that than the relegation zone per se this time around. Shall we start with the bottom of the league and any business they need to do, John, with Sheffield United? Let's do it. Yeah, I I mean, Sheffield United for me are lacking defensive cover, defensive quality. Um, Someone at the back with a bit of experience who are willing to put themselves about. Jack Robinson um, is obviously in there at centre half at the minute normally you know plays as a left back don't know if he's good enough defensively to really be that center defender obviously a former Liverpool player I would bring in a current Liverpool player to replace him in the certain 11 and I would bring in Nat Phillips did it for Liverpool in the run-in a few seasons ago was willing to step up and sort of guided them to third place finish um, with Reese Williams beside him with Nat Phillips really being the leader at the back for them did it again at Bournemouth for their promotion push. Um, really stepped up there as well. So there's nothing for me to say that Nat Phillips wouldn't be able to do it in a relegation battle where you know it's a good old-fashioned Chris Wilder, Sheffield United team. 
someone with the physicality of Nat Phillips, I think, would do an excellent job there. I think I might have recommended him to go to Sheffield United before, and I stand by that recommendation and think he would be an excellent addition um, after a six-month loan spell at Celtic. Nice. Yeah, I've seen that you've uh, recalled Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, actually, or end of loans, whatever uh, term you want to put on it. So I actually agree. Um, I did put in my notes to have any chance of survival trade McBurney for prime Messi, but um, they've got Ben Brereton Diaz, who was one we suggested. I think it was there or Burnley last time we did this episode in, um, in the summer, which I think is about as good as Sheffield United can do for their attack. I agree with you on centre-back Egan and Basham are out, which is a lot of experience, uh, both long-term injuries. I put in a question of putting a long and a loan bid or a short-term buy for Ogbonna. He's 35, not getting much game time at West Ham at the moment. Um, that could be an interesting one. But far more interesting, I've gone to Club America in Mexico for Israel Reyes. Had I seen this bloke play a game up until yesterday? No. But I've done some <laughs> YouTube scouting. Um, and I also kind of uh, used FB ref to look at his stats. Um, unreal interception stats. He's top 98% player for that. Top 91% player for his passing. He's 23. I actually have no idea how much he'll cost. Maybe four or five million, something like that. I think this is a perfect kind of player Sheffield United need to be able to regen their squad. He'll give them more competitiveness now in the Premier League and would be a really elite player if they were going to go down into the Premier League. You might ask, why would he come? It's the opportunity to play in the Prem. He'd certainly double his wages and still be very affordable for Sheffield United. And I think as well, I really like Ahmodic, butchering that pronunciation, but the I think he captains them sometimes, their centre-back. And I would not be surprised to see him get a bigger move next year. So they need to start looking at centre-back Sheffield United. And I think these things are always better when you pre-plan a little bit. So get in um, Reyes for six months. Baller. I've watched, yes, like I say, some of his YouTube highlights, baller. He lets the ball bounce, which isn't a great trait. But um, I've seen him take a penalty where he scores a Penenka. This guy will be due a move sometime soon. And yeah, Sheffield United is where I'm suggesting could be a good landing spot. Yeah, I mean, a Penega penalty sounds exactly like Sheffield United. So with that, we'll move on to Burnley if you want to go ahead. Yeah. So thankfully for Burnley, the goal drought is over because they've got David Datro for Fana on loan. So no need to look at a striker anymore because he is the answer. Um so I looked at centre-back as well. Burnley concede surprisingly quite a few goals. I've actually annoyingly gone for a guy who's out at AFCON at the moment. But again, I'm looking at kind of 5 million or less on transfer marks. Burnley spent so much money in the summer. And that brought me towards Logan Costa out of Toulouse. 22-year-old Cape Verdean centre-back. Really good block and clearance numbers. Transfer marks profiles him. Uh, sorry, FB ref profiles him as similar to Sven Botman. I think Burnley need a really solid centre-back and just everything that they've done with their model suggests get cheap and then kind of be able to build value with that player. So he's the perfect age profile, perfect type of player for them to be able to build their next few years of defence around. 
Okay, interesting. I had looked defensively, but even with the loan signing of Afana, it's just not enough. They haven't replaced multiple players in that front three. So I have went for another player who can play through the middle or off the left, and that is Mohamed Amora from Union Saint-Louis. Definitely pronounce that incorrectly if you want to quickly correct me. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who's San Luana. San Giloir, I think you're uh, you're referring to. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said um, in the first place. So, yeah, forward player, can play through the middle, can play off the left, has 20 goal involvements in 25 games this season within the Belgian League, the Super Cup and the Europa League. Um, in the league itself, 15 games, 13 goals, one assist. Signed from FC Lugano in the summer for just €4 million. Euro probably available for around 12 million pound um but i think burnley really do need to start thinking about life after the premier league and back in the championship and playing the free flowing football that they know they can play um under company and bellamy and i've seen this guy against liverpool in the europa league he looks quick he looks like he has that decent turn of pace decent skill um and could do a job for burnley both in the premier league and to get them back to the Premier League once they do end up in the Championship at the end of the season. And um, going for a move like this from the Belgian League, where company will have decent scouting networks, could be a good option to try and bring them some more goals second half of the season. Love that. Love that solution. Um, in case it wasn't obvious, I was being sarcastic about the Fafala. Um, but yeah, sounds really good. So, to be honest, sounds super high potential. And like Brighton, who are also owned by Tony Bloom, who owned the Belgian side. Might sound like he's kind of due a move there in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, still only 23. Loads of potential, um, loads to get more from him. Um, Algerian footballer. I think it just, this type of signing for Burnley makes sense, especially with their track record and signings. So we'll be keen to see if they can add a striker to the ranks that will score them a few goals. And um, my recommendation would be Amora and could be another one that we see actually work out. Nice. So I would like more of your suggestions, please. And now looking at Luton. Luton, I struggled with. I actually initially have on my notes Ogbonna alone. You've mentioned him already. Um, whether he would go to Luton, I'm not certain, to be very candid. Um, whether West Ham would want them to go to Luton, I'm not certain as well. So I went down a different route, went with proven center half experience they obviously do need to add more bodies in center defense following um you know the in in availability on availability of tom lockyer for the rest of the season and probably foreseeable so two names that i've got down could add both if they really wanted to but based on what they've been doing previously signing players who have been there and sort of done it so far with you know ross barkley um, you know, Andros Townsend Senior apparently now. I went for Callum Chambers on loan with an option from Aston Villa. Um, if that doesn't work out, you can go and get James Tompkins from Crystal Palace. But I wouldn't be adverse to say they potentially could do with two, but I think Callum Chambers on loan from Aston Villa until the end of the season with an option to buy, if they were to stay up, would be a decent option for them. Yeah, I don't hate that. And maybe he would kind of like being around London again. Um, yeah, not bad. I went for a midfielder myself. 
I think just their best chance of surviving is probably just finding a way to vary the style a bit. It seems very kind of set piece heavy, um, but Barkley's really shone there. So getting a nice little dribbler in the middle of the park would be good. And that took me to Dejan Lubikicic, um out of Cologne. Um, two progressive carries per 90, one successful take on. Transfer marked have him at about 10 million euros worth at the moment. So I feel like that's slightly out of Luton's price range and they might have to test the waters at six, seven million um, or potentially do like a heavy loan fee. But yeah, I think he could be really interesting and effectively just give Luton something else. Luton need to look at weapons. They're firmly in this relegation race. They've done so well to get there. Now they just need to look at, can they have someone to give them that little bit of a boost going into the second half of the season? Agreed. They need something. I mean, they have a few players in there. Lekonga, um, Marvellous, Nakamba as well, I think is there. On Chong as well. Yeah, so I mean, that that's why I initially went for centre-half. It makes sense what you're saying. Um, but Barkley has been sensational for them this season, I think. Regardless of what happens to Luton, I think he'll be a Premier League player again next season. So that'll be an interesting one to pick up on. But You've got a bit more knowledge based on some of your connections. Um, so let's hear what you have to say about Everton because I struggled a bit with this one based on financial fair play. Okay. Well, exactly that. My notes just say, poor Daichi. Can they buy? Can they even loan? Um, I think if they get hit with this financial fair play charge, they really, really, like, obviously they need to stay up anyway, but then they would really, really need to just go all out into trying to get enough points to stay up. I still think it's doable because I think 30 points could keep you up this year, particularly, obviously, if Forrest get indicted as well. So it would mean Everton would have to obviously potentially get to 50, assuming that the charge is as big as last time. Ho- hopefully, for their sake, it's not. Um, so, yeah, very, very difficult. And I think they could use a little bit more threat, maybe a little more pace on the wings, um, so I put a loan option for Reese Nelson. Um, you're asking someone in the Prem to basically take some fortune on you and help you out. Does two million fee with the look of um I saw this guy on TikTok, he's a Arsenal fan, and Arsenal fans were saying, Oh, Reese Nelson's worth 30 million. Like, no, not in this universe, he's not. He's not played nearly enough games. So can they put him to Everton who are having a good year he can go and look good there can they get his value up to 20 million in the summer maybe um and I think getting him a a good loan to Everton who do look a good side this year could be the way to do that so that was my option yeah I really don't mind that one actually um I think that makes a lot of sense it's just whether or not you're right it's the difficulty is you're probably having to look at a loan with an option, which is exactly the route I went down. I think your one's more feasible. I just didn't look at the winger position because I think Harrison and and Dwight McNeil have been excellent. But, you know, Dan Juma hasn't really delivered. um, And there's a potential that he could end up at Lyon on loan um, rather than staying for the second half of the season in Everton. So it's probably not a bad shout. I looked at my one. I just don't think that you know Nathan Patterson has really done it at Everton yet, or really convinced anybody that he is the long term solution at right back. Um, having had Seamus Coleman still there, but having ha- had him there for the last decade, 
at such a high level. I think they're sort of involuntarily or involuntarily playing him at fullback whenever I think everybody knows he's probably past his best days. So I looked at right back, um, looked at that option in terms of maybe adding creativity from the fullback position, which they've had from um, the left back position this season. So I, I went for a loan with an option for Kyle Walker-Peters because I'm shocked that he ended up in the championship this summer. Um, surprised he's had to play half the season. I thought he would have been a shoe and to get picked up by somebody. Um, there could be, you know, the argument to say he could end up someone like Aston Villa, but I think Everton would be an excellent move for Kyle Walker-Peters. He would be an excellent player for them as well. It's just whether there's some form of flexibility there. The reason why I've picked a player who you might need to pay, you know, 18 million, 20 million to get permanently is because I really do think they're going to have to sacrifice someone like Onana um, for financial fair play. So they might leave them some cash in their pocket to be able to spend. And it may be easier to get a centre midfielder on loan than it is to get a right back. Yeah, nice. I think, um, to be honest, again, depends on these financial issues. Like, are they still like teetering over can they get the new ownership in time i think their real real sellable asset for over and above what he's worth is jared branthwaite i think you could potentially get 70 million fee for him so he would probably be the one i would sell just because center back's quite a cheap position to um to replace as well on occasion um, yeah. I've heard there's this really good guy out the Mexican league as well called Reyes. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you never know if you need to replace there, but yeah, similar, similar thinking on that one. I think that made sense. Who is your choice for Brentford, please? Yeah. So my choice before Brentford, you've told me before this, that this is actually on the cards and might happen. And I had zero knowledge of it. So, um, this does show my caliber as a director of football because, I have got uh, Regulon as the option for Brentford. I didn't know that they were in talks and that might happen over the next few days. But I think the left-back position following the injury of of Rico Henry has been a gap in Brentford's team first half of the season. And they do need a loan option or a short-term option to fill that void until they really understand where his fitness levels are at. Um, I actually thought Regulon was really impressive at United and thought it was quite unfortunate for him to have his loan spell cut short he's probably happy enough with it he needs to go play football for an extended period um but i was actually really impressed with him at united i thought he provided that you know creativity going forward pace on the wings um defensively looked decent and i know a lot of united fans who were relatively happy with the performances he put on put in there in the red shirt so i think this could be his Christian Eriksen move in terms of putting himself in the shop window because he's a better player than he's sort of been made out to be at the minute. And I would like to see him get a good string of games for Brentford under Thomas Frank's second half of the season. Nice. Yeah, I've never actually hated Regulon at Spurs. I think he's definitely got assets like his pace, but he is a little bit too head down and um, poor final ball. Um yeah, a little Brennan Johnson-esque at the minute, um, which is just, it, it's fine. You kind of are what you are as a player, but um, I think it's the one thing I'm liking about our recruitment now, or rather who we're putting out the door, we're quite firm on who's not quite for us in the new model. And yeah, I think Regulon will be loaned out and then sold probably in the summer. 
I've put for notes for Brentford must be delighted at the point sanctions for other clubs in and around them. I think they were really kind of in free fall a bit, really. Um, I think it's time to get the forward line better. I think Embuemo and Vissa shoot under their XG. Um, Tony is coming back, but what's his fitness going to be like? Is he even going to be there come the summer? If you get a really good bid for him in January, you're still going to want to be him to be there. If you say get 90 million from someone. So with their Danish connections and their Moneyball connections, I think they have some overlap in ownership here. I have gone to FC Midtjylland for this, um, the Danish team. And you might remember this guy from the World Cup, Gu Song Cho, South Korea's centre forward. Um, very handsome bloke, got maybe two or three goals in the World Cup as well. Um, but yeah, he's actually, yeah, I think he only joined in the summer for um, the team. Um, he came from out of um, one of the Asian leagues. It was either South Korea or Japan previously. Um, but he's got eight goals and 16 this year. So he's not kind of just a World Cup flash in the pan. I think this could be pretty good, pretty affordable business in and around the 10, 15 million mark, which Brentford are more than comfortable spending. Um, and yeah, he would give them a target man to future-proof them. I think Brentford, Brighton, they're teams who are pretty good at this type of thing. Um, look at Brighton getting... Valentin Barco, the next hottest left back out, which means that if someone comes in, comes in for Estepinian in the summer, they can do it because they've already blooded their replacement for him. So I think this makes sense for Brentford to do now, and he would definitely be a player I'd look at getting. Interesting. I'll take your word on it. I agree. I think they do need to bolster the forward line. Um, I think you're right in terms of everyone's talking about Tony as a hundred million pound striker. Brentford, in my opinion, probably would be best capitalizing on the value that has driven up on him because the lack of goals in the market, because you don't know what, what Tony's coming back. A six-month layoff is an extended period. He's looked excellent for the under-21s and in friendlies, but where is his match fitness at? Is it going to be enough to really drive them towards safety? Because that's sort of the route that they're going down at this minute in time in terms of they could be one of the clubs being sucked into that. And could they capitalize on a hundred million pound offer being on the table to go and sign, you know, three players to definitely get them out of relegation battle? We'll wait and see. But I think uh, they do need to add more goals in that team, whether it's through Tony's return or through a signing. So I don't mind that one. Um, one of the teams that are certainly going to be sucked into it based on if they do get a point deduction is Nottingham Forest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you, do you want me to my, name my player was, there? Yeah, that was my route for you to say who you've selected nice. for Nottingham Forest. Well, even though they've got six players out of AFCON, I think it's a blessing in disguise because I think Nuno will be able to get to work with a smaller squad, realise that he's got some hidden talent there. Montiel, the guy who scored the World Cup winning penalty, hasn't been playing that much for them. So... um Obviously, FFP, do they need to sell some players? Probably. Um, I've got on my list Richie Laria. Do you even know who that is? I didn't know who that was. Um, he's been on loan mostly to the MLS um, over the last couple of years. Harry Arter is on 40k despite being 34. I don't think he's actually played a <laughs> league game for them for the last three years. And because he helped get them promoted, that triggered a clause that... Um, extended his contract 
So I actually just based on how comfortable his position is, I'm not sure he'll be able to actually go. But like, there's a few. I actually, I honestly looked through their squad and there was at least two, maybe even three players. I had no idea who they were. Um, so yeah, Forrest, get rid of somebody, man. Yeah, I mean, their squad is absolutely massive. But for all the money that they've spent and for all the, the players that they have in their squad, their goalkeeping options are absolute dog shit. So that is why I've recommended a goalkeeper for them. Didn't, didn't they Matt, buy Matt, two in the summer? Yeah, neither of them are it. Matt Turner is awful. Oh, yeah, I don't like him, yeah. So bad. So that's why I said, you know, with financial fair play issues up in the air, Two options that you have is a loan deal because I'm shocked nobody has come in for Aaron Ramsdale yet. The man needs to go and play football if he's got any chance of getting in the England squad. They're Arsenal are out of the FA Cup. They're out of the Carabao Cup. Um, he's not going to play Champions League football, which means he's not going to play football second half of the season. So you need someone to come in for him. You would have thought Newcastle would have been that team. They don't seem to be swooping. So potentially Nottingham Forest is the is the the route forward for him because he, he does need to play football. He needs that first team exposure again in order to get a big move in the summer, which he should be aiming for. So I've written down Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale on loan till the end of the season. No buy option or anything like that, just a straight up loan allowed Nottingham Forest to assess their financial fair play situation and scout for a long-term goalkeeper, whether that is Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale himself. If they can't get that over the line, I think a cheap bid for... Kilo Navas on a six-month contract would Woo. be bring him back to Nottingham Forest. Um, I think that's something that you probably could do, whether it's a, a short-term loan or a very very low bid with a short-term contract. Um, thirty-seven years of thirty-seven years of age, randomly turned up there last January, so I don't see why he couldn't turn up there this January again if you cannot get a deal over the line for Aaron Ramsdale. Nice. Okay. I love that. Um, well, I, I don't know if I do. I think it's a sign of their incredibly poor um, transfer business in the summer. Yeah, may, maybe it's De Gea got a club yet. Maybe going a free for him. That would uh, really help your FFP wage issues. <laughs> Next up, Crystal Palace. I've put go sort right back. I didn't want to give this away with what I've just said about Forrest. And I've said how much I actually like Montiel as a player. But go in for Nico Williams, 15 to 20 million. Excellent, excellent ball carrier. He'd give you some thrust that Palace haven't had in that position. Since I can remember, they've had Ward, Wan-Bissaka and only for a year and Nathaniel Klein. It seems forever since they've had someone with some pace and some energy to get you up the pitch. Yeah, I would be testing Forrest all over the place who have those, as discussed, financial issues this makes loads of sense to me at a really affordable palace price. Yeah, I mean that's not a that's not a bad shout at all. I also had considered right back. I think we've talked about the right back position for Palace before in the past, uh, where I've thrown out Kyle Walker Peters once again because he should not be a championship footballer. Uh, another player you could argue shouldn't be a championship footballer is Ricardo Pereira at Leicester, but with the momentum that they have moving forward, you'd be shocked to see anybody like Pereira or James Justin. Uh, leave Leicester to go to anywhere but both of them would be solid options also I have not went down that route um, I've went with the likelihood that we might see one of Elise or Eze leave in the summer and I think Jordan Ayew is not the option moving forward 
So I went for a bit more creativity on the left-hand side of midfield uh, with Jack Clark, has recently rejected another contract offer from Sunderland, looks poised to move um, this summer or possibly January. His contract expires in 2026, so they'll still ask for a decent price on him. But left midfielder in the championship, 27 appearances, 13 goals, 2 assists. So provides that extra level of creativity, provides that extra level of output, which they're not currently getting with the likes of Jordan Ayew. And I think Elise one side, Jack Clark on the left, Eze through the middle. That's a really exciting three in behind you know, Edward, Edward or Mateta. And um, would definitely increase their potential goal involvements. Definitely. I think it gives a bit of time for Franca to settle as well, who hasn't quite settled under Roy yet. So that could be interesting. And I believe Tottenham have a 20% sell-on in that. So if Palace could bid somewhere around 70 to 80 million, that would be perfect. Um, <laughs> next up, Fulham. So yeah, we discussed this one a little bit off camera and I think we both discussed that centre-back should be really important for them. Two reasons for this. Tim Ream is now 36. I think he had an excellent year last year. I think he's having less good of a year this year. Um, and Tosin is out of contract in the summer. Um, Spurs have been linked. Monaco have been linked. It very much seems like he's not going to renew. So I've come up with two, I think, really good options here. You've got Diogo Lete out of Union Berlin. Um, he's really highly rated centre-back I think would set you back somewhere in the 15 to 20 million range and is 24 um, and the other is Dan Axel Zagadou now you might remember him from his Dortmund days he's now paying out of Stuttgart previously he was quite injury prone um, however I think he's played 17 or something like that league games this year so they look to be over at 24 and at kind of that range 15 to 20 million I think there's such high upside with them both. You're effectively getting your Joachim Anderson type player when he went to Palace, but even earlier in their career. So should you want to be able to sell them, you can sell them for double the price. Um, otherwise, you've got a Premier League level centre-back, but probably slightly above Fulham's natural level, like a Europa League standard centre-back for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, that's both really good shouts. I went for another young centre-half because I, I agree. I think they'll need to replace Tosin in the summer. Uh, Calvin Bassey, for me, hasn't really done it yet since he's come in as well. Um, yeah. And Tim Ream is sort of had an outstanding season last season and hasn't reached those heights again. So I went for another young up-and-coming centre-half in, in Chris Smalling. Um, that is, of course, a joke, but just with... <laughs> Tim Ream going out the door, potentially having that senior figure at 34 years of age, might have a decent season or two in him. He, he's standards at Roma in recent seasons have been very, very high. Obviously, Jose Mourinho getting the sack today might change the position of him, but he hasn't played a lot of football this season. And it's whether he can come in, provide that senior leadership um, and help to bring through some more youthful centre-halves, like the ones you've mentioned, um, and obviously bring them back to the first professional club that he was at just a suggestion as to a decent rotation option and a backup option for them moving forward but uh, I think they could get him for relatively cheap if not potentially on a free um, by just taking over his wages and bringing him back to the British football where he has been missed you know the Mike Smalling press conferences has been missed massively and um, 
you know, it's not too late for that Euros push for him. Yeah, I like it. Um, good timing, obviously, with Jose, as he mentioned. He is injured at the moment, but I believe he's back in the coming weeks, like three, yeah. four weeks. Um, so, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to go look at. Um, so yeah. I don't mind it at all. The Euros push was, of course, a joke before people start jumping on that one. Um, he'll be nowhere near the England squad, but it'll be, be good to see him back with his dreadlocks in the English game. Exactly. Next up, we have Bournemouth. I've put just a few notes about Bournemouth as a club. Loved their ambition in the summer. Spent more than £100 million. I'm pretty sure, apart from maybe Luton, though, they have the smallest ground in the Premier League. Like, it's not a big ground, the Vitality. Um, with the coach, with what they're doing with some of the squad, I think they're two years away from a European push just because it's so competitive now, even though I love what they're doing. They're in really good form. Um, so... I don't think they have loads of budget. I think this now financial fair play is cutting its teeth. Teams have to make like decisions that they don't necessarily love to do. Man City are actually the best in the league at this. I think it's why they're such a good team because they're able just to get such brilliant value from their stars and they've always got kind of replacements lined up. But Man City don't have huge net spends over the last few years because they're such a good selling club. So now that he's 27, really solid performer. Um, but it does look like they've kind of got that new generation coming through and Alex Scott and others. Is now a good time to go cash in on Philip Billing if you can get above his pay ceiling for him. So I think Fulham would be interested for sure. I think West Ham would be really interested. If you could go get close to 30 million for Philip Billing now, I think that's a good time for Bournemouth to sell um, because it means they can rework those funds as and where they need in someone who's perfect style for the coach yeah yeah not a bad shout I think if Everton were to get rid of Onana for 50 to 60 million in this January transfer window Philip Billing could be a good option for 30 million to replace him so Definitely. It's, it's not a bad shout um yeah I mean I've looked at what they've done and, and went down the sell route as well you've mentioned about spending about 100 million in the summer um, I think they spent about 30 of it on Hamid Traore and that just has not worked he's made three appearances for the club hasn't really worked out would they make the money back on him they'd probably lose five to ten million based on the reputation he had before and the fact he's still very young but i reckon you loan him for the next six months figure out where whether there's still a player that you want to bring back there or get him to maximize the value before selling him in the summer so that's one that they haven't got right and they should look at trying to recuperate some of those transfer fee transfer funds that they had spent last summer to try and add it to Areola's pot for next summer because, yeah, he has been excellent from probably October onwards. We had slated them earlier on in the season because it just didn't look like it was working, but all of a sudden it's clicked and they look like in a very, very, very good football team. Our next fixture is against Bournemouth and I'm, I'm actually quite worried about it. So they've done a great job. Um, If they can keep that group together and continue to build on it with upcoming youth talents that fit into Areola's style, then that's the route that they should be looking to go down. Totally agree. Okay, next up, I have Wolves. They, they're linked with financial fair play issues. Um, yeah, mm. I think, and it's really sad, actually. We've spoken very highly of Gary O'Neill and the job he's done. I also think the recruitment team did very well this year. Um, they won't go down and they won't get into Europe. So now is a good time to sell some players. Um, I think you could potentially look at 
kind of really high upside. It, it depends what financial trouble they're in. The obvious one to me is to go sell Johnny Otto. He's had a training ground bust up um, and you'd still get maybe 5 million for him, even though he was their record signing back in 2019. So if you're not going to use him at all, you may as well get rid of him. Um, but there's potentially, if they do need to raise more money, as I say, because of their league position, you could look at Jao uh, um, Gomez, you could look at a Max Kilman, but I've conservatively gone for Johnny Otto for now. Yeah, it's probably a good shout. I think if they can't get any money for him in January, they should probably just release him, start of February, and see if on his wages and just get him out of the building because it sounds like quite a toxic personality to have about the place. Um, I Again, another one you don't really know. They've obviously got, um, again, pronunciation issues. The striker um, has this just went off to Frankfurt. What's his Kalajic. name again? Yeah, Sasha Kalajic. So for me, there's a, a significant hole in regards to the rotation options for forward players. I know Danny Ings has been mentioned as a potential option um, to bring in, but I think he's, his wages Carl. would still be relatively high and not someone that you want to look at long-term wise. Um, so one player that I would throw out with a loan with an option because it's a player that they've previously bid for, I think on two or three occasions, tried to bring, bring him in on loan and permanently in the past and probably a player that you would get at the cheapest valuation that he's been in his footballing career would be Tammy Abraham. Um, coming off the back of an ACL injury, obviously it's not a definite certainty that he's going to be the same player that he was before, but a player that you know knows where the net is, knows how to make the runs, and you know knows how to score goals in the Premier League. So he would be a solid option, I think, for Wolves. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually really like that. I don't know kind of um, yeah what they're talking about money-wise there. But yeah, I really like that. John, I know we mentioned um, kind of getting through all of these, but this is screaming to me of being able to do a two-parter. Um, so if viewers, if viewers, if listeners do want to listen to part two, we'll put that out later in the week. Um, and yeah, how, how about we, uh, we take as little rest there um, before kind of going into some of the others and who could potentially decide the title race. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, John.